0: Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For those that don't know, my son, is uh, he graduated from college in December And we spent all this money on college, and he decided he wanted to be a guitar player. So he's chasing his dream in Nashville, and they just started their tour uh, this past week. And we were able to go see him three times in a row Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And uh, I've learned one thing about this week I'm too friggin' old to be doing that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah. So, my time has long passed on all of those that scene. So, um, yeah. Uh, I think the first night, Wendy, we got in at 2.30. The next night we got in at 12.30. And then last night we got in at 3.30 a.m. Woo! Uh, So, yeah. Anyway, everybody doing good? Good. Yeah, I don't think we've ever gotten a clap for everybody doing good. That's the first. Listen for you, anal retentive people. I know he didn't do a, one of the parables last week. I, being your wise pastor, left two weeks at the end of the series, and we are going to take the sower of the seed and put it at the end. All right, on on November tenth. So calm down, everybody. All right, we're gonna get to it. I promise you. All right. Well, I'm so thankful you guys chose to come here today, and I say chose because you did. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, but whenever you um, decide that you're going to come here, uh, you set an alarm, uh, and it may seem like it came too early, like it was for Wendy and I. You set an alarm, and then you uh, you decide if you're going right then. You decide: Am I going to turn the alarm off, or am I going to get up? And then you get up and you're like, okay, am I actually going to take a shower and get dressed and go out into the cold? Uh, And you chose to do that as well. And then you chose, okay, I'm going to start the car and I'm going to drive here and these maniacs in Noonan and Sharpsburg and Sonoy, okay, so I'm going to do that. You chose that. And then uh, you decided, hey, I'm going to get out of this car and come in uh, and I'm going to grab something to eat and I'm going to bring my Bible and I'm going to come and I'm going to sing a few worship songs Um, And I'm going to take communion. And you chose all these things. And then I'm going to listen to the Word. And you chose all these things. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but every one of those choices, every time, from the moment the alarm starts going off until right now, every one of those choices you made, you were admitting to God that you did not have it all together. Are you with me? Whenever you make those choices, you admit to God, I don't have it all together. It's funny, coming to church, I've never understood why when people come to church, they want to act perfect. Because the fact that you're here tells me that you're not perfect. And if you are, leave because you're going to screw us up. All right? Promise you. Here's the thing. You are admitting that. And so today I want to invite you just to be exactly who you are. And I want to open up the Word and see if we can't get some information and knowledge. And information and knowledge is great, uh, but it's not as good as application. And so that's what we're going to do today. So Matthew chapter 13 is where we are. Matthew chapter 13, and this is a very interesting, this is a very interesting text. Uh, We're going through a series called Jesus the Storyteller. This is week 7. This is called The Wheat and the Tares. The Wheat and the Tares. The Wheat and the Weeds. Alright? If you're a, uh, if you're a uh, VeggieTales fan. Uh, the Wheat and the Weeds. But it's The Wheat and the Tares and we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 13. So let's take a look at what the text says in Matthew chapter 13. Here's what it says starting in verse 24. It should be behind us. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, the enemy came in and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. And when the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. And the farmer's workers went to him and said, "Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of of weeds. Where did they come from? And he says, an enemy has done this, the farmer said. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell, uh, I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put, them, uh, put the wheat in the barn. And as Jesus often does, a few verses later, he wants to explain the parable of the wheat and the tares. It says this starting in verse 36. It says, Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples says, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. And Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. And the weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels." Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will remove uh, they will remove from His kingdom everything that it causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen. And understand. Lord we do thank you for your word. Teach us now in Jesus name. Amen. We're going to see various uh, parables where it says, and the kingdom of God is like blank. Now most of the time when you see that, I think it's all the time, I haven't looked that up. But most of the time when you see that, the kingdom of God is like blank. You're, that's going to be located in the book of Matthew. And the reason it's located in the book of Matthew is because Matthew's whole intent for writing that gospel was so that you understand that Jesus is king. Remember we talked about that when we we went through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is king. The Sermon on the Mount is the proclamations that Jesus would make found in Matthew 5-7. through And so you're going to see the kingdom of heaven is like this. This is what it's like. And so in Matthew it's not surprising. And we're going to see other parables that say the same thing. And so Jesus talks about this planting in a field. And He says this, He says, listen, the planter is Jesus. I'm the planter. The field is, is the world we live in. And the good seed are those that belong to Christ, and the bad seed are those that belong to the enemy, and the planter of the bad seed is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels who are God's helper. Now, in order to understand this you have to know what exactly they're looking at. What are they even talking about? You may think this, you know I have Bermuda grass for the most part. And, and I can tell in my Bermuda grass if the treatments that I pay way too much money for is working. Because I can look out at my grass and the Bermuda all looks one way and then there's a weed in there. All right. And that's when I take a picture of that weed and send it to the people and say, come spray this sucker. Right. So, there's a weed and so I can see that it's very clear to me I see exactly what it's talking about. I know exactly that wasn't the case for this. As a matter of fact, what they're probably talking about here is a a weed called the Darnell weed. Now, I, being your astute pastor of of such a grace and mercy for you, found a picture of the difference. So can we put that up there? You see that? That is it. On the right, you have the wheat. And on the left, you have the darnell wheat. Now, you may think, "Well, that's dumb. I can tell the difference already." Whatever. This is almost a mature wheat. This is a, almost a mature darnell. But when they're when they're first when they're first planted and they begin to grow, can you tell? Can you tell that you really don't know? You, it'd be confusing, wouldn't it, to look on this green field? And that's exactly what he's talking about. They are very similar in nature. And so what happens is, is that when you plant the weed begins to come in, if someone plants wheat, the Darnell weed, what the Darnell weed does is that it goes down into the soil and it intermingles with the root of the wheat. And so what Jesus said is, is he said, wait until it's fully, wait until we're going to pull everything out anyway. And by that time, when it's mature, and I don't want you to miss that, when it's mature, we will be able to tell which one is wheat and which one is a weed. And we're going to pull them all out anyway. If you do it now, if you go through and you start trying to pull these out before you can see whether or not they bear fruit, then you are going to damage the root system of the wheat that we have planted. We need to be careful With that, listen, I want to tell you something. Um, Let them both grow is what he said. And I want to say something. When we are a new believer, oftentimes we are susceptible to falling for things that are not of God. And I want you to hear that. Because you don't have the root system you don't have the depth of the Word. you don't have the experiences that you've had with God. And so oftentimes when new believers give their life over to Christ, what occurs is that the devil usually sends someone and and they will try this new thing and they'll go off on this tangent. It's why a lot of cults occur is because people have found this new thing and all of a sudden, they will just go right off with it. Are you with me? Because there's not a maturity there among them. They're like a baby wheat. And they haven't fully matured. And so they can't tell the difference between what is of God and what is not. So that's where I come in. That's kind of part of my job, is to help you. And if I saw you getting into something, I would go to you and I would say, hey, listen, you know, I know the guy that you're talking to right now who says this and this and this, uh, I'm gonna let you know that's not biblical. And here's what the scripture says and here's why. Now if I come just spouting off myself, you tell me to shut up. But do it in a nice way, like be quiet or something. Don't say shut up. That's disrespectful. Anyway, but but seriously, you say, Hey, where did it say in the, I want to see the word? I want to see the word. Great, you have an opinion. I want I, the words, the authority. I want to see it, and I'll show you that in the word. But we have to be careful of that. And why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked because that comes to my first point, and it's this: evil will exist until Jesus returns. Evil will exist, and that's a, the disciples were wondering why. Why can't we just have, you know, and everyone around him too, they were like, oh, he's going to come and he's going to be this king and he's going to be Jesus the king and he's going to, and he's just going to eradicate all the evil people and we're going to be able to know and we're going to, and he, he was telling them all these things and he's like, no, 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 no. Here, here's, here's what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. We're in the pre harvest phase right now. And so there's going to be people among you that are going to be weeds. And unfortunately that happens a lot of time in churches. There's going to be people that are going to be weeds. And even though you may think they're from me, they're not from me. And you'll understand that when you grow up. But the more maturity happens you look at the fruit and see. And we'll get to that in a minute. But you see that. And they wanted it to be totally eradicated right then. He said, no, 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 you you don't get that. And here's the thing, y'all. It's a good thing that they're not eradicated. And you may think, well, gosh, man, why didn't God just come down and, and, and take care of all this? Well, He's going to. He's going to, but the scripture says that he wishes for none to perish and for all and that it, to have eternal life. And what we're seeing right now is God's patience with us. We're seeing God's patience with us, but evil will exist. I was watching, surprisingly enough, I was watching a Dateline NBC and um, if you don't come here very often or you're new, I love Dateline NBC. Um, my favorite show though ever in, in the murder genre was uh, Pastors That Kill. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Anyway, I digress. I was watching Dateline a couple of weeks ago and there was these two boys. And these two boys literally videoed All day and they videoed in their school and they videoed uh, this friend of theirs. And they were like, Hey, how are you doing girl? Oh, I'm doing good. And it was, and they videoed her and then they videoed her again. And then that night they went and killed her. And it was horrific. And the crazy thing was, was that everyone on Dateline NBC, Keith Morrison and all those guys, they were all like, well it had to be something psychological and and then they were going to blame their parents and then they started trying to talk about their environment and what they listened to and and hey can i tell you guys something news flash those two boys were evil that's evil 100% evil the biggest lie that the devil wants you to believe is that he doesn't exist he doesn't want you to believe he exists that's evil our society today don't want to do that either. either. They want everybody to feel good about themselves. Um, it's funny because they want everyone except Christians to have a voice in the public square. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Uh, and they don't want to call it evil for what it is. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's the truth of the matter. Uh, when a person walks into the school and shoots it up, that's evil. All right. When a man abuses a woman, uh, that's evil. It is uh, when a religion calls for the eradication of a people, that's, that's evil. That's exactly what it is. And when a government in a country invades another country without cause, it's evil. 100%. And when a country decides that trees and animals and the environment is more important than the unborn, well guess what? That's evil. It's evil. And we need to call evil what it is. Evil does exist, and it will exist until Christ Comes So how do we live in the midst of evil? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's the application portion of the message. And here you go. We are to follow Jesus and his teachings. We are to follow Jesus and his teachings. Man, that's deep and profound, huh? No, it's simple and it's the truth. We are to follow Jesus and His teachings. And what Jesus is saying in this parable is, is, that you keep going in your maturity and it will be very evident to you who are the wheat and who are the weeds. And in the harvest those will be plucked out and the wheat will be going toward the kingdom of God and the tares or the weed that will be bundled up and burned and eradicated. I've told you this before, but I want to remind you today, following Jesus exchanges your story for God's plan. It does. It does. Following Jesus exchanges your story for God's plan. If you're going to follow Jesus' teachings, you have to exchange your story for God's plan. The biggest obstacle that you have is that you, in your faith, is that you have to get your own way and that you wanted things your way. But here's the thing I tell you guys all the time listen, the scripture says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. But the author can't write your story if you keep holding the pen. You have to turn over the pen to him and let him write your story. And here's the kicker, no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. And that's a hard one to do. We hear all the time, you need to die to yourself. You need to take up your cross and die to yourself. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people think, well, I have to, you know, I got to die. No, listen, dying to yourself is you. <laughs> Everything about you has to be submitted over to God. Because the second thing I want to tell you is that following allows God to shape and mold us. And it's amazing because when I dropped the pen, I began to see changes in my life. I say this to you all the time, and I don't want to be offensive to you guys, but I want to tell you something. If you're the same person you've always been, doing the same things you've always done, being the same way, having the same relationship problems, struggling with the same things, experiencing the same people, living in the same life, here's the thing I want to tell you, you probably aren't following. If you're the same person doing the same things getting the same results doing if you you're probably not following and you probably need to check yourself to see because because God is a god of movement and he is a god of forward progression and he is a god of depth we looked at it we looked at a few weeks ago how how you know one of one of these trees you know it's got very shallow roots but the other one is very deep and so when the storms come, you can always know who's got the deep roots and who doesn't. Because those with the deep spiritual roots, they are planted and firm. And those with the, with the shallow, they just get blown away. If you're always doing the same thing and being the same person, you probably need to check yourself and see if you don't need to turn back over that pin. Another way you can tell if you're following Jesus is this, is that following what's going to cost you something it's going to cost you something. It may cost you a friendship. It may cost you a bunch of lonely nights at home instead of going out. Listen, I've been out for the last three nights. It ain't that great. (laughs) It's not. It's not. You know, it's really not. It's not. Man, at 9.30 at night, the couch is a lot more comfortable than standing in a club. Can you all believe I went to a club? crap you do for your, for your kids, right? And it was loud, and there were obnoxious Alabama people last night. <laughs> I heard a few roll tides. <laughs> anyway, listen, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. You know what? It may cost you your job. Who knows? I have no idea. Maybe you have a job where it's unethical and you, you don't have a, you know, you, at first you didn't have a problem with it. You begin to follow Christ and, and follow Him. And all of a sudden, you know, you may think, I can't do this anymore. And here's a great thing about that. God's your provision anyway. All right. And just because you get ticked off at a coworker, don't say, well, Pastor Barry said I can quit. All right. Don't do that. Be smart. It, it may cost you something. I'm not sure what it's costing you, but it has to cost you something. Because the price He paid was not for, it wasn't for nothing. Why is it that I say we have to follow Jesus and His teachings? Well, the reason why is because we, when we follow Christ we are impacting the world around us. We're impacting the world around us and people people are watching our behaviors. You may think, gosh, why won't God do something about this? Why won't He do something about this evil? We see it. We see it every day on TV. We see it on the news. We see it every day. Why won't He do something about this evil? And I'll tell you again, just like 2 Peter 3.9 says, He wishes that no one should perish. It's not, the Lord's not being slow about His promise. He's not. Some people think that. He's not. No, He's being patient for whose sake? For your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to turn away from their sins and repent. He wants everyone to turn away. John 4.35 tells us this as followers. It says, listen, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say wake up and look around. The fields are ripe for harvest. There's people who need to know your story and how you gave God the pen and the impact that He's had on your life so that they can in turn see the impact and thus follow Him as well. How many of you, how many of you can tell me who the person is that you saw the impact and you followed because of that example? We all have that in our lives. We all do. So what do we do then? If we know that evil's going to be here, all right, we know that, and we know that we have to follow his teachings, what do we do? Well, we need to be careful and we need to examine the fruit. Be careful and examine the fruit. Um, I will tell you something, and it's no one here, trust me. But I've learned that not everybody is called to a real church for good intentions. I say this a lot. I said some, some people bless you where they go, and some people bless you when they go. Are you with me? That's just the truth. But not everyone is called here for good intentions. And you may be thinking, well, are you saying that there may be people that come here to try to disrupt what we're doing? Um, let me see if I can put this uh, the proper way. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because that's exactly the truth. Now listen, I don't see the devil around every corner. All right. If you know me, you know I don't see the devil around every corner. But I want to tell you something. Whenever we're having an impact, whenever, we're having, whenever we are having a, just, just a solid impact, uh, we have to be alert to what's going on. We do. Now, I don't want you to be foolish about it we have to be alert, but we don't have to be crazy. Are you with me? Uh, I'll end on this story because it's really funny. I, I it's, a, it's probably a bad story for me, but um, anyway, whenever Wendy was in graduate school, there was some interesting people around her. Wendy went to a seminary, um, uh, and it was uh, how can I say this? Charismatic, uh, and uh, and it was, and there were some people that the charismatic church draws that, and the Baptist church does too, Methodist church does, but the charismatic draws some people that are interesting, okay, uh, some fringe people, and I was at a party. Um, and now when I say party at a seminary, they had Doritos, a pizza, and a Coke, all right? So, uh, that's the party. And uh, there was this guy who was sitting, he was sitting in this little chair. And I say little chair because he was a little dude. He was a little bitty dude. Um, and I, I want to say his name was, it, was it Arthel or Arthel? I don't know. He's probably not watching. So, anyway, uh, I, think it was, I think it was Arthel. And I thought that was an odd little name. Uh, and, uh, and, so, and, and so I started talking to him just for a second. And I said, well, listen, it's been great talking to you. And I patted him on the shoulder. And he jumped back, like literally jumped back. And he said, don't you touch me. And I was like, Arthel, calm down and get some Doritos, bro. It's all good. But no, he was like, don't you touch me. I don't know what spirits you have. That's what he said. Now, I'm surrounded by all seminary students, all right? And I was in the midst of cramming four years of school into 10, so I was not very educated. Are you with me? And um, I was surrounded by seminary students, and everybody looked. And Wendy and I had just gotten engaged, and so here was the time. How was Wendy's fiance going to react to this poor gentleman and I did what every pastor did I looked at him and I said with a loud voice you're a freak (laughs) I did that's exactly what I did Um, and I looked at Wendy and said all these people are crazy I'm leaving (laughs) Um, yeah that's what I did Uh, I wasn't very holy that day Um, but you know I wouldn't do that here. I would probably pull him into my office and say, hey, listen, you know and I know you're a freak. All right, so get out. But, but we do have to be on call. Are you with me? Do you remember when I did that, Wendy? Oh, yeah, Wendy remembers. I know, I know. And then I went off to work the next day. And she had to go to class. And it was like, hey, how's your, how's your fiancé, your weirdo fiancé? Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I did. I called him a freak. And I left. And uh, anyway, guys, listen, we have to be, on. we have to be, it's, it's, I always tell you guys, if anyone says, hey, I've got a word from God for you, run like the wind, unless you have a deep, deep relationship with them that, that you are, listen, I want God can talk to you just like he can talk to them. All right. Most people I've found that has a word of God from for them, you know, I have a word of God for you. Most people like that uh, have got some issues. I'm just going to leave it at that. Most people are doing that for their own self esteem, for their own. It's not for the glory of God. It's not at all. And I want to tell you something else too. If anyone has a word of God from you, it better line up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't, run like the wind. Or just send them by here. I'll walk them in and I'll tell them they're a freak and then they can leave. All right? All right? So listen, be careful. Be careful who you listen to. Keep your eyes open and your life close to Christ. And in the end what he's going to realize, what you're going to realize is, is he's going to separate the wheat from the, 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 uh, the tares. He's going to separate the weeds out. And it's going to be very clear in those last days. It's going to be very clear. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to make sure your life is aligned with Christ so that you can bear the fruit that He wants you to bear. Let me pray for you. God, thank You for today. Thank You for the fact that You, Lord, You do so much for our lives. And these stories, Lord, just hit us right where we are that we need to see what is around us. And we need to be alert for what is around us so that we can not fall into the trap of the enemy. And God, we ask you to give us wisdom. Let us align, have direct alignment with your word so that we won't fall into these traps. And God, let us know. Even though the world wants to say evil doesn't exist, God, we know that evil exists. And we need to be bold enough to call it what it is and to run from it and to continue to cling close to you. Lord, let us be wise people who look only to you. It's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand up for a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.